yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh. Uh. The mother guys ain't got no style. We know what's up before we go down. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the fans' voice. You hit on both cows. This what the people need and what they want now. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. This is the rundown. If you ain't know the deal, I bet you know now. Yeah. Yeah. Turned up. What's happening? What up, though? Welcome back to the Rundown Sports Podcast. I am your host, CL. Gotta know that. And uh, you can find us always at therundown.com, at the Rundown Sports on Twitter. You can get at me at CL the Main Event on Twitter. And if you want to catch the podcast a single time it come out, every single time that it comes out, every single time it come out, get on iTunes or use your, you know, whatever player you got on your Android. I know iTunes is the best way to get it though. Now, uh, today on the program, we got from SportingATL.com, the ATL sports guy. So, uh, I apologize for any background noise you might hear on my side of things. Um, I wasn't in the studio for this episode, so uh, y'all bear with me because the purpose is more important. So, uh, let's get right into it. Let's turn up, and I'll see y'all on the other side. And just, to, just to tell your listeners a little bit about, about myself. Um, like you said, I'm the editor over at SportingATL.com. Uh, it's a website that we started about a month and a half ago, and it's myself and about five other writers. Uh, we're all alumni of uh, Georgia Tech. We write about Tech and the Falcons and the Braves and the Hawks and really anything else, you know, peripheral, peripherally related to the Atlanta sports scene. And you know, kind of knowing that the internet's flooded with different, uh, you know, sporting reading material. Uh, we try to switch it up a little bit. We try to stay, you know, humorous, uh, mix in a little bit of our personal lives, talk about, you know, really our tar- target demographic is like the frat boy sitting at work uh, looking for a little bit of light sports reading. And we, we mix in a lot of, uh, you know, partying and, and uh, you know, try to keep everything light and funny and, uh, you know, tr- try to target a niche, uh, you know, group of readers and, and everything's been going so well, uh, pretty well so far. Okay. Well, now we were going to get right into it and talk about the hard knocks. But since you said you appeal to the frat boy, I kind of want to get your opinions on the boy Johnny Manziel right off rip. Now, to tell you the truth, I want to like the guy. I want to like Johnny (laughs) Manziel. Um, Because to tell you the truth, I'm tired of all the political correctness out there in the sports world. and Everybody tries to walk the line and you don't really get to see, you know, people's personality come out. And it's for some reason, you know not accepted to be yourself and to say what you think, but I can't like the guy because he's such a big douchebag. So, <laughs> you know, he, he says what's on his mind. He does what he wants to, and I love that about him, you know, a la Joe Namath or, or even Gronk, but, 
the guy the guy is just too hard to like because he's such a douchebag. You know, it's the whole the whole money sign and the whole you know just privileged rich white kid. You know, I I I can't I just can't like him. Although he is exciting, and I can't wait to see him on the football field. And if I'm a Cleveland Browns fan, I'm sick and tired of all the crap we've been putting out there at quarterback. So I think he's going to be exciting, and he's going to be up and down. He'll be a he'll be an enigma for sure. But um, I think he's good for football. He's at least, you know, he's a lot more exciting than Brian Hoyer. I can tell you that. Right, um, right. And if you notice on my site, I'm well behind the Money Manziel movement. <laughs> I, I, I was feeling them before he got into the NFL. Then when he got in, it kind of was like, you you doing too much. You know, Justin Bieber, Floyd Mayweather, all this different, you know, just cool it. Like, a be, a, be a rookie for a minute, you know. And uh, the one thing you said, privilege. Now, do you think that factors into the way that they're treating him during camp? making Hoyer the number one guy, pumping Hoyer up, trying to make sure that Manziel knows he's got to earn this job. Yeah, I definitely think that's part of it. They want to give him a little reality check, make him have to earn what he's got because he's never had to do that before. So, you know, obviously you got a lot of older veterans, and they saw Hoyer win a few games last year when they had Jordan Cameron and, and uh, Josh Gordon, you know, coming out like, you know, wildfire at the beginning of the season, and Hoyer went down. So, you know, Hoyer's he's earned a little bit of respect. But I think if anybody looked in the mirror and really said, do we think this guy's going to take us anywhere, they're going to have to say no. Um, come on. I mean, Manziel's going to be the guy. It's just a matter of when. So I don't see any problem with them giving him a little bit of shit in practice and, and you know, early on in camp and stuff um, and, and make him earn the spot. But, you know, he's going to eventually. Uh, there's no way Brian Hoyer's starting 16 games this year. Um, and he'll get in there whether it's the first game of the season or, or the third or fourth. But, um you know, I, I'd have a trouble. I'd have trouble not giving this 21-year-old kid a little crap too, because, like I said, he he he'll, he'll rub you the wrong way. Right. Now, do you think that uh, Brian Hoyer should be putting in calls to Kyle Orton? To Kyle Orton. Yeah, because I mean, you can't deny the similarities between <laughs> this situation and the Tebow situation. Wow, you just compared Manziel and Tebow, huh? Yeah, I'm, no, I understand. <laughs> I mean, it's the height. Yeah, yeah, the height's the same. I mean, Manziel can play, though. I know uh, he can play, but it's the debate. Like, it was Tebow from day one. They put out the billboards in Denver say that we want Tebow. Like, Hoyer's yeah. going to get some pushbacks on that type level. Yeah, yeah, I understand that, but um, it's just something he's gonna have to deal with. Hoyer's a veteran; he's been in, he was in New England for a while. He knows how to he knows how to carry himself, and he's got the locker room behind him. That's one difference. You know, he, he he's gonna have all the veterans in there. Alex Max already you know stepped up and talked, you know, and said this is my guy. Um, so, well, uh, we'll keep an uh, eye we'll, on we'll it. It'll play itself out in camp. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll, I'm anxious to see him coming up. Uh, what's that? Saturday. So uh, we'll check that out. In the meantime, a couple days ago, gave a minute for everybody to catch it on the DVR. Uh, Falcons, hard knocks. You know, ninth season, first episode. A lot of things going on. You got a lot of new faces. You got Mike Tice and Brian Cox as the D-line and O-line coaches, respectively. Uh, 
you got a lot of rookies and, you know, even guys coming back from injuries. It's, it's a whole fresh look for the Falcons right now. What uh, What's a couple of things that you can – that you seen that you particularly had fun with looking at on the Atlanta Falcons on this uh, episode of Hard Night? Uh, yeah, the first thing that I noticed, uh, do you watch ESPN 30 for 30? Yeah. Have you seen the Broke episode? Yeah. Yeah, William, William Moore is going to be on that one day. Oh, yeah. Man, I don't, I think, <laughs> he's, I think he's only making about five or six million and he's living like he's got a Matt Ryan contract. And that, that was one of the best things about that episode, seeing that comparison between him and Devontae Freeman, who's becoming one of my favorites already. He's real, really humble and looks like he's working hard. And, um, I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, tone it down a little bit, Willie Moe. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, I haven't anticipated a show like that in a while, and, and that, was, that was awesome as a fan uh, to get to see some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, Jacques Smith, this undrafted player out of Tennessee, I think, yeah, he, he's not scared of anybody, man. He was uh, going toe to toe and Ryan Schrader, uh, yeah, beat the, hell, beat the hell out of him. But um, that guy's got a mouth on him. He's either going to be, you know, he's either an idiot or he got some fire he's, to him, or he's, like, he, he's going to be good. I mean, right. ain't a lot in between. But I hadn't seen a rookie undrafted free agent with the kind of balls like that guy does. So uh, you know, maybe maybe he's this year's Paul Warlow or Joppa Bartu. I don't know, but. Um, Hard Knocks was great, and Tyler Starr's fiance, man, uh, <laughs> she she's not hard to look at. I I'll take her over uh, Beerman's wife any day. Isn't it weird that like they always find one of those every season, and you gonna you probably got, see a lot of her. You gotta have one. It's this year's uh, Lauren Tannehill, I guess. Right. It happens every time. Now, one thing I agree about that I seen on your website is Matt Ryan is boring as shit. Just put it out there. He is, but I'll take that out of a starting quarterback. It's cool, but at some point, I feel like he's boring on the field, too. I feel like Julio is the exciting part. He's just, like, required for the transaction. He he, he does it, though, man. He I'll defend Matt Ryan to the death. Now, he... He hadn't, won, he hadn't won a big one yet, but the guy's got game. Um, if you look at any of pro football focus or uh, football outsiders or pass from last year, he's still one of the most active passers in the game, even last year, throwing to Darius Johnson and Drew Davis and Harry Douglas, you know, without 84 and 11 on the field. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, he gets a little happy in the pocket sometimes, but if I've got Sam Baker blocking my blind side my entire career, I might get a little, you know, trigger happy too. Um, but he, he's accurate. He's tough as hell. He's missed two games in six seasons. Um, and, you know, he, he, he's money. Uh, you know, Give him a little bit more defensive help. Um, to me, give him a little bit better play call in the second half, Dirk Cutter. And, <laughs> and you're going to see him take, take the team deeper in the playoffs year after year. Uh, if we can fix what happened last year, happened last year first, of course, and we can stay a hell of a lot ha- uh, healthier this year. But right. um, Matt, Matt Ryan's my boy. Okay, now you said all that, and I agree with you. Matt Ryan is a hell of a quarterback. I probably even put him somewhere close to maybe not top ten, but maybe like right in there. He's right there, and uh, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. But the thing is, just like his deep ball is like fifty-fifty to me. 
the Falcons are like a 50-50 team. But I feel what you're saying. You can't put it all on his shoulders. So I'm, I'm going to let this simmer all this year and just kind of see if y'all going to tough up like, you know, Mike Tice says. You know. You mean Fred, you mean Fred Flintstone? Man, that dude, yo, he's the definition of a caveman. Like, straight meathead to the death. Yeah, I, that's what we need, though. Pat Hill wasn't getting it done, so they brought in a you know tough, badass type on the offensive and defensive line coach. And I like the happens. Brian Cox. I ain't gonna lie about that one. I like that move for the Falcons. That that will bring a mentality. I remember him as a player here. Yeah, he 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 was bringing it. No. Yeah, hopefully hopefully he can uh, instill that on our you know otherwise soft defensive line, but. They brought in some new guys, too, like Tyson Jackson and Paul Solia. I think it's going to be a lot different. As long as they can rush the passer, I think they'll be able to, you know, stop the run a lot better this year because they've got some big, fat bodies. But um, this time next year, you know, we've kicked the can down the road long enough. This time next year, they're going to be saying, you know, why hasn't Thomas Dimitrov gotten a pass rusher? Um, and, you know, I- I'm glad he didn't reach this year and try to get one at six with, uh, you know, Anthony Barr or somebody. I'm glad we got Jake Matthews, but – Next year is going to be the time where we got to go all in and get a pass rusher because we're not going to have one. If people are waiting on guys like Massaquai and Beerman to produce, and I, I just don't see it happening unless, you know, no one can kind of, you know, piece together four or five, you know, five to six sack guys, which I, I just don't see happening. I think it's going to be our biggest weakness again. Right. Now, you brought up Dimitrov, and before we get out the Falcons, I'm going to bring this up. What do you feel that – Scott Pioli being in the building with Thomas Dimitrov uh, do for the Falcons. Do you think it will have a profound influence in the fact that he might be able to pick some better defensive players? I hope so, and I hope he's already done that, bringing in Rashad Hagman and, uh, you know, a bevy of linebackers he picked later in the draft. Unfortunately, you know, we saw Spruill already go down on that ACL. But um, you, you saw the guys, even when the Chiefs were – you know, whatever they were, two and fourteen a couple of years ago, they had six Pro Bowlers. They had guys like, you know, Justin Houston and Tom Bahali, and they could get after the pass, uh, get after the passer consistently. So, you know, hopefully he's ever to, hopefully he's able to come over and help pick interior guy better with Dimitrov. I think that was the main, you know, kind of goal because because Dimitrov's been he's missed more than he's hit on those types types of guys. Um, he's been able to bring in the flashy receivers and and uh, you know obviously got the quarterback and a few things. Recently, about uh, the whole Andy Dalton contract situation, I want to get at like two minutes. Uh, how do you feel? I, I got to tread lightly you think here. They the first thing that I want to say, and the knee-jerk reaction that everyone money, says is Andy Dalton's got a hundred five billion dollar like contract without winning a playoff game. They have game. enough confidence um, in the weapons around Ryan's him that one, he'll so be able to elevate his play. I don't want to use. I don't want to use that as my argument because Matt Ryan's just got one. It's it's crazy, but when you when you look at the NFL contracts, you got to look at guaranteed. And I, I, I don't want to say the exact value because I might, I might be off, but I want to say he got I mean, like that's, that's Monopoly buddy. That's I mean so that that hundred and five million like don't really years. mean nothing. Like um, so, so you got you got to look at the actual contract in the NFL because because most of it is is not guaranteed. I don't know how the NFL gets away with doing that, but um, but like you said, yeah, I, I think I, I think guys, I think you know NFL GMC that they've got a known commodity. They know Andy Dalton is going to at least be able to bring them to the playoffs on a yearly basis if they've got the roster around them, which they do right now. Oh, they're they're the they've got 
Um, they've got a few weapons on offense. Giovanni Bernard looks like he's going to be a stud. So, so I think if they, I think they're thinking, you know, they're going to get to the playoffs every year. If Dog can, you know, hit the lottery once out of these few years, they'll, they'll get him a ring. So, it's not a, it's not a terrible move if, if I'm right and that they're not guaranteeing him too much. But if I think. If I were to say Andy Dalton's going to bring home a Super Bowl ring, I'd be lying. Now, I have the argument that the Bengals have probably the best roster top to bottom in the AFC. Um, I got a little pushback from my regular co-host. But I feel, you know, in a weak AFC, they probably could do something this year if they stay healthy. But we're going to keep an eye on that situation. Sounds good. Right now, you being an ATL sports guy, I really got to talk some ATL sports before I let you go. So we had a few things happening in the ATL, stealing a lot of headlines. To start with, the Braves are moving to Cobb County. Um, yeah, I've been um, we actually did a, like we actually did a piece years. on this on the website the other day, that's, that's and big uh, you'll see I'm not a very big fan of it. Um, first of all, I work pretty close to where they're putting the stadium in, and I know traffic's going to be hell. Um, I I really think the traffic situation is going to be ridiculous. But my biggest problem is, you know, this might be, you know, uh, selfish to say, but this is <laughs> the Braves are my city's team. I want it to be in the city. You move it out to Cobb County, and they're going to verbify the hell out of it. If they're going to do this whole multi-use complex thing, right. it's going to look like any other outdoor mall like Atlantic Station. They're going to stick the stadium in the middle of it. It's not going to have a lot of personality. You're going to, you know, they're going to put up a Taco Mac and a bunch of, you know, small kiosks and, um, you know, a, an Old Navy and an Orange Julius and a Sunglass Hut. It's going to feel like town center baseball stadium, you know. So, it's not it's not gonna have the same personality as it will in a downtown <laughs> park, um, oh, and it's man. gonna be held to get to for Atlanta. And I get it that they're they're following the map that says where their season ticket holders live. But you know, I, I wish they put you know a little bit more integrity ahead of the money grab that comes with moving out there and that comes with the 365 day a year revenue that they're gonna get. But you know, I'm gonna have to get over it because I think it's gonna it's gonna get ugly. You're gonna see. Um, going to see Cobb County people with shirts that say this is our team now and you're going to have people from inside the perimeter they're going to get angered by that and there's going to be a little bit of a clash at first between fans and they're going to segregate themselves and you know, after it happens it happens it's over and everybody's just going to have to get behind the Braves and deal with it um, they did at least get a good architecture for to build the place the same people that did PNC Park and um, Pittsburgh and AT&T out in San Francisco so you know maybe they'll be able to do something nice with it um, the renderings they put up right. online looked a little bit, you know, lacking in, you know, flair or anything, you know, personal with the with the place. But I'm sure they'll figure out something and, it, and it'll be all right. But I'm not thrilled with it. Yeah, man. I, um, like you said, I know it's going to be hell with the traffic because it's already bad in Cobb County. So just multiply that by 10 every time there's an event going on. It's like hurry up, get in the house and stay in the house. Yeah, man, and if you're like me, uh, you go to a game and you have a few brews, so no Marta anymore. I don't know how this is going to work. Uh, it's going to be a hell of an expensive Uber. Right. <laughs> but uh, 
Atlanta's also taking a couple headlines. I guess you could go double for Arthur Blank because, uh, for one, he announces the new Atlanta stadium that they're going to be building, and then right after that, they come with the MLS team that he'll be helping bring to Atlanta. Now, both of those things, I feel like, are being stuck together and marketed together, and the beginning of it is hard knocks with the Atlanta Falcons just to help that get that romance out there, get people talking about the Falcons a whole lot, get that ball rolling. Now it's going into the new stadium, now the MLS team. It'll be a constant news cycle because it'll always be something about Atlanta going on from here on out. It's going to be exciting because, you know, they're scheduled to, they're scheduled to open up the Brave Stadium in 2017 along with the Falcon Stadium and the new MLS team. So, if nothing else, 2017 is going to be exciting for Atlanta fans. And uh, unlike the Cobb County Stadium, I could not be more pumped about Arthur Blank's uh, new stadium. Because even, even though you don't see him out taking, uh, you know, racy photos with women like uh, Jerry Jones, he's not outside. <laughs> he's not out getting arrested like um, Jim Irsay. But he does have an ego, and he does have an ego, and he he wants stadium to be the biggest, most badass palace in the NFL. And he's spinning like it too, and um, you know he's putting in the the full length bar on the sidelines. There's going to be in 64 like rumble packs in some of the seats. This thing is going to be state of the art. That that uh, you know Oculus in the middle where the the roof is going to spin. Now yeah, go to, go to the website. There's uh, a <laughs> there's some pretty crazy details about this thing. It's he's not sparing any expense or taxpayers expense. But um, I, I, I'm stoked, man. That thing is going to be the best. And along with that, he's going to be breaking in the new, you know, the MLS team. And, of course, you know, the MLS isn't going to draw the amount of, uh, of fans as, you know, the NFL, obviously. But he, you also see on the site that they're going to be able to cover up the upper deck so that the, the, the lower deck can, you know, look more full for, for soccer games. And, you know, until the World Cup, I, I, I wouldn't have told you that, you know, an MLS team would thrive in Atlanta. But from what I've seen lately, I think that's total opposite. Um, the MLS is, the MLS is growing in popularity, and there's not a team in the South yet. There's about to be one in Orlando, but that's Florida. That's really the South. Um, and, and Atlanta's, you know, a, a cultural hotbed of, you know, uh, people from all over the place that enjoy soccer a hell of a lot more than I do. And, you know, if anybody can spin up a new sports team and, and attract, um, uh, you know, attract fans and the casual fans and, you know, create some buzz around it, even if you're not a, you know, a soccer aficionado, it's, it's Arthur Blank. He'll figure out a way to market it. And, uh, and it'll, it'll be fun. And I'm, I'm telling you, I went to a, uh, a Silverbacks, an Atlanta Silverbacks, NASL soccer, which is like uh, minor league MLS. And, went to a Silverbacks game about a month ago, and we actually wrote about it on our site. And when we went, we we tailgated a little bit with the Terminus Legion, which is the up-and-coming kind of grassroots um, fan club of – fan club, but, uh, you know, kind of fan club per se for the new Atlanta soccer movement. And uh, those guys are excited. And um, they, they've, they've raised a bunch of money through, you know, membership costs, and um, they're – really drawing a lot of people um, 
to the movement. I think they're up to about 650 members now. Um, and, and those guys are, those are bringing it. They're, uh, they're holding a whole lot of events to try to, you know, spread the word about, um, you know, you know, the soccer movement early to 2014, they've got about three years. They'll, they'll certainly gain momentum, but you know, go to the game and they're banging drums, they're waving flags, they're, they're shooting off smoke bombs. And, and that was a fun game to go to. I mean, they had, they, uh, they had a little tailgate where they had red brick come out and sponsor the tailgate. And, you know, we had free beer and hot dogs and burgers and, uh, and then we get inside the game, and there's three dollar beers. It was it was a fun time. They they packed the place out with about five thousand people for a minor league soccer game. So, um, yeah, and they they've got another one this Saturday. Um, so if anybody listening uh, needs something to do on Saturday, Saturday at seven o'clock, uh, the Silverbacks are playing um, the the New York Cosmos, who they played for the championship last year uh, in the NASL. So um, it's a good time. All right, that was the ATL sports guy from Sporting ATL. I'd like to thank him for coming in and kicking it with me for a little bit. We ran a little long, but it's all good, man, because it's all about the purpose, man. We're trying to spread the love out here on these ATL streets. Uh, Y'all just keep checking them out over there. Um, But by the way, if anybody would like to have this airtime, um, it is up for grabs. So if you want to say... Thank you for listening to the Rundown Sports, uh, sponsored by your company, All Well. I'm here for that. We can work something out. But uh, other than that, y'all know where to find us. I am CL. Y'all come holler at me. Leave some comments on iTunes. Give us a little feedback. Tell me what y'all think, man. We out here. Peace. Peace.